In this episode, we will be using BattleBards sound effects. Check them out, battlebards.com. And if you're signing up for a Prime account, be sure to use our code STACK to get a discount. Before we get going with this episode, we're going to have a couple things. First is a question. This is from Beans on Discord. What is a childhood memory that you guys all think about from time to time? So something from your childhood, not uh, game related, uh, but yeah, just you, getting to know you as people, I think. Oh, grief. And I have to think, I, I did not oh, give this any prior yeah, this, no. this is the nostalgia machine over here. He's got all kinds of different things. <laughs> I mean, I have all kinds too, but I have to pick which one I want to say online. <laughs> no. No, that sounded wrong. <laughs> You got to be selective. Yeah, just pick which one I want to be the one that people associate with me, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I have a few of them. Why don't you go first then? Okay. Um, So we were not rich. And so what we would do is we would go to the department stores. And there was this one in the place where I grew up. And it was called Hills Department Store. And you walked in, and it was usually because we only went like at certain times. One for school clothes, like school new school clothes, and then that would always go on layaway, which I'm sure there's a whole generation who has no idea what layaway is. What would happen is my mom would park the car, and she'd turn around to my sister and I and say, "Don't ask for anything in this store. Do you understand me?" Yes. So then we go in. My mom would veer to the right to go put a put a, an additional payment or look at some other stuff on layaway, and my sister would and I would immediately dart over to the toy aisles. Right? Of course, yeah. And this particular year, I was watching a cartoon, a pretty cool cartoon that I thought was pretty cool, called Voltron. And Voltron, in case folks don't know, it's a series about these, basically there's these five lions, uh, different colors. There's a body, two legs, and two arms. And they basically, uh, they were lions and they would fight. But when the, the, the stuff was too, too intense and, and, and the enemy was too strong, they would combine to, to, to make Voltron, right? So... Obviously, to correlate with that particular cartoon, there were toys and there were die cast Voltron lions that you can get, right? There were five of them. Well, they were $49.95 each. In the 80s. In the 80s. Yeah. I, I, that's why I started We Were Not Rich. So what would happen is my mom ultimately would come to, to pick us up and I would be, I would have one of the boxes and I would look at it, right? And I'd be staring intently and she'd call my name once, Michael. And I'd be staring at the box because I wanted her to see what box I was staring at, right? And then she would come over and she'd say, Michael. I'm like, yes. She's like, we, we have to go. And I'm like, okay. And I would slowly turn the box so she could see it and then slowly turn it back to put it on the shelf. A couple weeks later, I'd say, hey, what do you want for Christmas? Oh, I, I, want, I want Voltron. Oh, really? What's that? Blah, 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 blah. Shoulder. Then you pull up the, the newspaper. And in the newspaper, they had the Hills Department Store area. And I would open it up and I'd say, and I'd point to it and she would say, Forty nine ninety. How many are there? <laughs> oh, get out of here! That's ridiculous. Blah 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 blah. So I thoroughly was prepared that I would never ever receive this toy. Christmas morning, I woke up, came downstairs, and I saw there were boxes underneath the tree. So I'm looking and scanning for boxes that are the size of the Voltron lions, and sure enough, I find one that I think is one of them. It's time. I pick up that box. I, I tear open the paper, and it's the yellow lion. It's the yellow lion, and I'm getting happy. So I put that off to the side, and I'm looking around. I pick up another box that I think is pretty close to the one I just open it up. It's the blue lion. I got two of the legs. I'm like, yes, yes. And now the black lion, the body was a little bit bigger than the other lions. The two, the two lions that were the smallest was the left and right arm. So I pick up this bigger box. I open it up. 
it's the black lion. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. And then I'm looking and I'm like, I don't really see another box that could be the right size. But I start opening up. All... At the end of that Christmas, I had the body and the left and right leg. <laughs> I did not have the other two. And of course, when I brought it up to my mom, I got a slap in the back to my, you should be thankful for what you got. Blah, 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 blah. So then down the street, a kid I know, he only got one lion for Christmas, but it was one of the arms. So we always played and we would always pretend like one of the guys who piloted the right arm got like kidnapped or whatever. So I played Voltron with a kid down the street and we could only form them maybe three thirds of the way. But uh, or three, three, yeah, three, three fourths of the way. Three fifths. Three fifths of the way. But anyway, dude, it was awesome, right? And then one time a friend of mine says, hey, can, can I play with that? Can I borrow it? Sure, you could take it home. Oh. I didn't see him for a couple weeks. And then finally, when I went over with my mom to go pick it up, he had broken my oh. Voltron. The, 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 the black main body he had broken the legs off because basically the legs of the black lion fit into the, so you could hook up the, oh, the right, other two legs right. into them to, to yeah. connect. Oh. And uh, so, yeah, I was, I was devastated. That makes you However, sad. years later, I'm an adult in my 30s. And he's still mad about black lion. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I turn and look at my wife and I say, I'm an adult. If I want Voltron, I'll buy Voltron. So I get on eBay and I find mint condition, in box, unsealed, never opened, the Voltron diecast from way back in the day. And so now as an adult, I have Voltron. But he doesn't come out of the box because, you know, that would, that would deplete the Because uh, he didn't see Toy Story 2. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> no, but yeah. I, I Yeah. yeah. There, but there's other, there's other franchise. I was into Mask. I remember masks and uh, and all that other stuff too. GI Joe. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I, I got several of them, but I'll stop there. Yeah. So I was gonna tell one that was about a Christmas, <laughs> but he, I think he covered the surprise Christmas uh, story. I'll tell another one. It's more of a morality tale. <laughs> so my growing up, my dad was a preacher, and one Sunday he had he had just done a, a sermon on lying. Was it a sermon or did he had mom just talk to us about it? But either way, I had literally just heard my dad talking about lying and that it's better if you just tell the truth and deal with the consequences than to lie because when you are found out, it'll be worse for you. Just after that, having heard that talk, playing in the front yard with one of my little friends from church whose grandmother had a big, she, she lived on lots of land, we used to go to her grandma's house sometimes and she had like a vine or a rope tied to a, a really tall tree swinging out over a creek on her land and we used to have a lot of fun doing that and we had just been at her house doing that and then I had my little friend over to my house which just had a, a normal like a maple tree or something in the front yard but I was like wouldn't it be cool if we could swing on the branches just like we did at Norma's house and so I just grabbed a limb of, tr of tree and just dropped my weight on that sucker like I was going to swing on this short little tree and the whole limb just came out the tree and I fell on the ground. The whole limb just fell out of the tree. I, I pulled a limb out of the tree. After a moment, you know, me and Amanda both stood up and we were just like, <gasps> neither of us said anything. And I just, I went, <gasps> and I just immediately started to cry. I just bowed my head. I left Amanda standing in our front yard. I just, I just did the death march into the house. I was sure I was going to be killed. I was like, I'm going to be killed, but I have to tell dad that I just ripped this, you know, this limb out of the tree. So I walked inside. My dad was taking a break from sermon prep and watching TV. And I walked over to him with tears streaming down my poor little face. I said, Daddy, 
you know that big limb on the tree out front that looks so strong? And he's like, yes. And so I told him I tried to swing on it's it. It's not as strong. I know. It's not as strong as I thought. I tried to swing on it and I broke it off, you know. And I was sure I was going to be killed. I'm like, I'm going to get the spanking of my life. I just ripped a limb out of our front yard tree. And my dad was so pleased that I had taken that lesson to heart. He scooped me up on his lap and just hugged and thank you for telling me the truth. And they took me out for ice cream instead. <laughs> no punishment. I'm going to go break another line. I, I had no punishment. He took Manda and I up to, there was a little ice cream, a little soft serve place on the corner called Frosty's. And we went and got ice cream and reward for me having uh, taken that lesson about lying to heart. I'm pretty sure you lifted that story from George Washington. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's what my, my dad loves to tell that story in sermons. That's one of his favorite. So when we were 16 years old, uh, we came home, uh, when I was 16 years old, I came home from church services and our house had burned completely to the ground while we were off at church services. This is something you think of often. Yeah, no, it comes up a lot. If your house burned um, to the I ground mean, when you were a kid, no. wouldn't you think of that fairly no, like, often? No, no, like we were... We had our van and our clothes, and that was all we wow. had. Even the car that I was supposed to get as like the car that yeah. I was going to grow up, that's, you know, and, and, and be able to drive. Yeah. So um, this this happened, um, and and it was. I mean, I my my dad was kind of on a, a first name basis with the local fire department because he was always burning things in our yard and they had to put it out. <laughs> so I, mean, I remember coming up to the very end of a dead end street that was like a mile long, and there was all this you know, fire. You see smoke and fire trucks. are like, oh, that's 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 weird. Don't that's awfully close. I don't to don't like where that is. <laughs> yeah. And then we got closer, and it was our it was ours. Uh, the water heater it exploded. Oh and, my and word! It burned the whole thing down. Of course, luckily we were at church services, yeah. right? But uh, we lost everything, and it was it was it was tough. But it also was important to me. Two lessons that came out of that that I'll never forget. First of all, that saints are really there for you when things go wrong. And we, so we lost everything, but we had more clothes in a couple of weeks than we ever had beforehand mm-hmm. because the saints were good and took care of us. And of course, you know, they helped us out and be able to get another. This was, um, we lived in trailers. So, I mean, it's not like it was a house, house, house. It was mm-hmm. a, a mobile home. a matchbox that went, went up. The other lesson is that stuff goes. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it has made me a little bit of a minimalist as far as stuff because it'll go away and you live, you get mm-hmm. past it, all your stuff's gone, but you're still alive. And so those two lessons are very important. But the reason that it kind of comes up like nowadays is because when I was trying to, when I was first dating Jennifer, um, you know, who I married, I tried to tell her the story and the importance of it and the impact it had on my life. Like we were sitting down at a Mel's Diner, which is kind of a diner in Northern California, you know, it was known for some films and things like that. Mm -hmm. But they have these jukeboxes where you can play like different Mm -hmm. music. And for some reason or another, somebody decided to play the music, the classic, like, striptease music from 1950s and so i'm trying to tell this very weighty heavy story about my house and the music goes bah, 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 bah. and it's jennifer's trying not to laugh and so i like jokingly started to like like i was gonna take my shirt off so sometimes memories are are, are weighty and sometimes you tell them and sometimes they're stripper music they're distracting <laughs> It's kind of intertwined with a less weighty memory. Yeah, yeah. You know what I feel like? Have you guys seen Three Amigos? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So there's a part where they're on the bed and they're talking about what they're going to do with the money. <laughs> yeah. 
And uh, and so um, they're like, what are you going to do with the money? And Steve Martin's like, a big, red, shiny car. He goes, I'm going to drive down Hollywood. I'm going to drive up to Flugelman. He's going to see me in that car. Blah, blah, blah. What about you, Dusty? And then Dusty's like, ah, you know, you know, maybe, maybe go around, do some things like, like traveling or something like that. I can't remember what he says, but it's yeah. so like superfluous. And then, and then it gets to um, Ned. Yeah, Ned. And Ned's like. I'm gonna start a home for children and stuff like that, like that. And the other two are like, I mean, yeah, I mean, I meant I was gonna do this after that. Yeah, yeah. You tell a story about not lying and getting awarded, and you tell a story, a heart wrenching story about you know your house burning down and you being, and I'm up here talking about stupid not getting all five lines of Motron. Well, uh, and that tells you all you need to know about the three it. of us. I'm okay. gonna bookend it. Okay. okay, okay. So mine is about being a bad brother. Oh, <laughs> yes. I mean, no. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Uh, not really bad, but just mischievous, I suppose. I have a younger brother, Matthew, and we were always playing together. We l- grew up some in Germany. In one place that we lived, it was across the street from a park, just this big German park. So you've got you know, open fields or open grass, and, and, and then there's stands of trees and that kind of thing. And there were bushes on a slight hill, and we, we loved to crawl up in the bushes because it felt like we were inside a fortress or something, you know. So we could crawl in there and nobody could see us, but we knew we were there. And so we felt like we were hiding in caves because it was bushes that grew up high enough that you could crawl under. There were archways that you could crawl, but then sunlight wasn't coming down directly on you and you were screened from sight. So we just thought, oh, that's so cool. I remember clearly it was the first time I had ever come across stinging nettle. Have you ever come yes. across? Oh, man. Yes. I, it was a fuzzy plant just kind of growing there under the under the bushes. And I thought, wow, that is such a pretty plant. It looks so soft. And I reached out and I touched it. And it was like somebody had shocked me. <laughs> and immediately the welts showed up on my fingers and I was itching. I thought, wow, ow, ooh. you know, and my brother who was further away heard me go, ow, hey, Matthew, come touch this. <laughs> <laughs> and so being the dutiful three, three year younger than me brother he came crawling through and he came over and he touched it and he zapped him too and uh we still laugh about that you know all people do that all the time here this stinks smell, smell this, this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no exactly. no i don't want exactly. to smell this. he still talks to me <laughs> in spite of all the Thankfully, things i did to yeah. my little brother yeah and uh, he is such a neat guy fun things to think about and of course we all have many more stories we could tell but yeah. Thank you for the question, Beans. We appreciate being able to share a bit about our past. We also have another review. And this one has a special request. And so I have written to a small town in Vondhide, and Physic Feverfew is going to come and grace us with... There he is. Come on in, sir. Come on in. Oh, well, hello, everybody. How are you? Tira? Mm, hey. Wombabash. Hey. Uh, who are you? I'm, who are you? <laughs> I'm Physic Feverfew. Well, Pleased nice. to meet you. It's lovely. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> uh, what's this? What's this? Oh. Far and away, my favorite D&D podcast. Five-star review by Farseer Trilogy fan. What is this? Absolutely incredible. This podcast will knock your socks off. In my humble opinion, Stack of Dice blows every other actual play D&D podcast out of the water. I must admit that at first I was skeptical of a podcast that featured three family members. You're part of the family, Michael. Thanks. No, it was you, me, and Zane. Oh, that's right. Had mediocre sound quality and included players with very limited role-playing experience. But by the middle of the first season, I was hooked. By the second season, the combination of audio quality, music, and sound effects is better than most podcasts, 
even podcasts that can afford to hire professional audio engineers. More importantly, Rhett the DM is, at least for my money, the best storyteller of any dungeon master out there, and his world building is... What's that word? Oh, that's Tolkien-esque. That's an interesting word. If he ever writes a fantasy novel, I will be first in line to pre-order it. The players' characters all have interesting backstories and fun personalities, and the players do a good job of playing their characters' personalities rather than playing to win. This podcast will make you laugh out loud, have you sitting at the edge of your seat, cause you to shed a few tears, and get you to let out an audible sigh of relief, all within a single episode. Rhett, Meredith, Michael, Thane, Catherine, and Jeremy, thank you so much for creating this amazing free content. You guys are awesome. Apparently, I speak dwarvish. <laughs> well, that was quite a review. Glowing, I would say. Well, thank you. I need to get back to my work. Uh, thank you, Physic Fever Few. You're loud as always. <laughs> yeah. Ta-da! <laughs> Who was that? <laughs> um, thank you. Did you pay that person? No kidding! <laughs> I was shocked. Well, that was very kind. Thank yeah. you for that review, and we appreciate all reviews. Please go ahead and take a moment to do that if you've not yet done so. Uh, you can rate and review us on podcast services of your choice. Primarily iTunes, I think, is the place that most people do that. We appreciate it, and it helps to let other people know what they're getting into when they come to our show. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Stack of Dice. Email us at stack.o.dice at gmail.com. Find us on Discord. We'd love to chat with you there. And we have a coffee page if you have a few dollars you'd like to donate, and we will use that to help improve the show with that. Thank you for joining us around the table as we continue our ongoing 5th edition D&D adventure. I am Rhett the DM, and with me is... Meredith as Tira Ironstag. Michael as Womberbash Benson Mom. Jeremy as Sekhmet Bloodsick. Who's ready to tell a story? I am. Me, yep. Do we have to? <laughs> it's, a, it's a very hefty story coming on. I do. It is. Follow a band of intrepid friends as they seek to understand the world changing around them, and as they work together to face a growing evil. Enter a world of adventure and mystery in Vardalon. Previously on Stack of Dice. The smell of burning wood lingers in the air as the charred trunk of the once awakened tree smolders on the grass behind you. Every now and then a blistered bit of the burning wood pops, sending sparks spiraling upward. Otherwise, there is no other sound on this rocky promontory but the distant crash of waves below. Ahead of you, the porticoed face of the abandoned temple stretches away from you in a sweeping curve. The pillars cast deep shadows so that the interior structure is effectively masked. You emerge from the archway into the central space of the temple. You're surprised to find that the air smells strangely alive here. The cloistered courtyard is a mess. Rank plants writhe and grasp the crumbling stone of the interior walls and pillars. Their bloated stems are twisted and bent in all sorts of unsettling ways, and semi-transparent pustules on the thickest parts indicate they're full of a noxious-looking liquid. One careless brush, and they look like they would release a flood of caustic goop. What we need is definitely down the bottom of this cavern. I don't know how you and I are going to get down there. When we can't leave Bash to deal with it by himself, we all have to go. Thump grabs your other arm. <gasps> is he going to pull? And he down? stands up, and his eyes are wide. Are you going to toss me now? <laughs> <laughs> A scaly grin forms on his face. He turns around to the pile of flagstones. Mm -hmm. 
picks one up and tosses it right into the middle. Are you coming or what? I'm thinking. Hey, yes. I'm, I'm on my way, Bash. Sump and I are coming, Sekhmet. A tall, imposing figure stands at the prow, and as the hull crunches to a stop in shallow water, he steps down lightly. <laughs> so you're the ones what be standing up to my master, eh? A half pint, a dirty oaf, a ragged vagabond, and an overgrown snake slave. And here I thought I were up for a challenge. Sekhmet, it is your turn. Sekhmet is going to use his bonus action to hide. Okay, that's not hard to do in this gloom. No. So we are functionally, if I recall correctly, standing in like a uh, almost a halo of light that comes down. Yeah. Because we're directly at the bottom. Directly they come, the, they've okay. come in one of the end, the west end. We are between them and the pillar, if I recall we're correctly. We're on the pillar. We're standing on it. We're standing on... Yeah, the pillar is submerged. You're effectively on the pillar. There's, yeah, there's a half an inch of water mm-hmm. underneath your boots. But yeah, you're basically standing right on top of it. Oh, we're in seaweed and silt, but yeah. Oh, You can yeah. see oh, the star stone okay. in, yeah. in sunlight. I thought we were talking about something that stood up, like, at one of the ends. So we no. are standing no. on... The pillar. Yeah, it is. It, it's submerged in the shore here. Pillar, okay. Pillars are about, what, 60 feet across or yeah, something? Like, they're, they're huge. They're diameter-wise. They're about 60 feet wide. Okay, so... Hundreds of feet tall. Okay. Now, they are coming in. They said about 50 feet, so they're standing on the pillar with us. Not not really. Not yet. They had just made it to... Yeah, sh- you're about the midpoint of the pillar. Actually, you're kind of towards the west end of the pillar. Okay, so we're toward the west end of the pillar. Yeah, now, there's a roll involved. Bonus section... This action can be, okay, so starting second level, yep. you, your quick thinking and agility allow you to move and act quickly. You can take a bonus action on each of your turns in a combat. This action can be used only to dash, disengage, or hide. When you take the hide action, you make a dexterity stealth check in an attempt to hide following the rules in Chapter 7 for hiding. We're going to do this as an opposed check. Okay, can you help me out understanding yep. that? You roll, I roll. Okay. And you need to beat me. Which you are absolutely going to do. Uh, uh, I was going to beat you a lot. Yeah. I rolled so, a five. Oh, mm. yeah. You, you could have rolled a 20 and I'd beat you. Yeah. So. Sekhmet hisses slightly and steps back. And he and effectively disappears from view. Oh, boy. <laughs> you said that there was, there's a ring of light and it's kind of gloomy on the outside as we get toward the walls. Now that you said that the floor is covered by a lot of... Like seaweed and silt. Seaweed and silt. Looking at it from above, Mm -hmm. the cavern is about 400 feet long. Mm -hmm. West end is the entrance, the cave entrance out to the ocean. Mm -hmm. East end where you are is sandy. Mm -hmm. The water comes in about three quarters of the way. Okay. Is there anything behind us at the east end? Uh, There's a little more distance, maybe, maybe 50 feet or so. And then there's the back wall that arches up toward the sea. Okay, but it's just a wall then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. So this is an enclosed cavern with the west entrance. Okay. And then the shaft above you. Okay. And so you have stepped out of the light. Which direction? Back to the east end of the cavern? No. Um, to one of the sides. Okay. Um, north, north or south. Moving away from the encroaching figures felt a lot more dangerous. Now, you said they're about 50 feet away still? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but they but they are moving toward us. Okay, I'm going to do the hide, and then I'm going to stay that. Gonna, okay. That's going to be my action. Great. Next up is the lair. Oh, no. So you didn't mention that. 
he read off the initiative order last episode. He failed to mention the layer. I said there's something else in there. But when you mentioned the initiative <laughs> order, you didn't say anything about a layer. You, you mentioned the enemies last. You lied like a rug. Okay. There are a total of, let's see, nine, 13 of you in this cavern. Three on the longboat. Uh, six bad guys out in the water. And the four of you. The noise of the hull scraping in onto the, the stony, pebbly shore disrupts bats hanging from the ceiling. And they come streaming down in a cloud and swirl about the bad guys in the water. One of them in particular seems most affected by it. And as the bats swirl around him, they nip at him, and he is effectively blinded for this turn. You said he's on the boat still? Nope. This is one of the ones in the water. Okay, in the water. This small group of bats swirls out through the cavern entrance and out into the, the light outside. That's it for the lair, and now it is time for Bash. Uh, the main, the guy who's in charge, is he? A, I'm going to call him the captain because of the way he was dressed. Yep. Um, he, uh, yeah. he is, um, okay, when I see him, for whatever reason, when I see him, Bash, there's something about him that scares Bash. And so Bash is going to take one step backward and just next thing you know, well, you guys, you guys, from the bat, the main, the captain's sight, I disappear. Well, at least I hope so. I'm going to take blind spot, and you have to succeed on a wisdom saving throw. Do you have an SCP drive in your pocket? <laughs> 17? I have 17. Okay, so that meets, that, that means that it's ineffective. Okay, all right. Yeah, so um, for whatever reason, my, my automatic... Um, psionic response was just to try to shield myself sure, from him but sure. he was too ominous for me to blind spot him <laughs> from me he's too observant yeah nice try and meanwhile i don't even know what he's talking about because it was more of like a, a yeah. Yeah. like an yeah. automatic Reflex. reaction but he's looking at me and now i, I just peed myself <laughs> you guys aren't giving me a lot to work with here as far as what my what i'm supposed to everyone's do. stepping back i know <laughs> Now I'll look like an idiot if I rush in attacking him. It is Thump's turn. I thought I was next. <laughs> He's going to shrug as he slides his great sword out of its scabbard. And there is a heavy smell in the air of, let's see, what's a good smell? Rosemary. That's is a good another smell. another new one? <laughs> He's making up new smells. Pork loin. Pork loin is a good smell. <laughs> well, I've already got raw meat and cooking meat. On the list. Yeah, of, of roasting meat. Oh, hang on. Do I have that one, actually? And he charges headlong yeah. into the string of men Roasting in meat the water. means hungry. Is he planning to eat these dudes? <laughs> that would be dope. He swings at one next to the, the captain, and he hits for eight points of damage. Come on. He is going to backswing and attempt to hit the captain. And he is going to miss with the first attempt. And then he cr- critically fumbles on the second one. Ugh. The captain flows away from the strike, and that causes Thump to fumble his weapon. And let's see what that results in. Ooh. The move that the captain makes is so smooth 
he's got all the time he needs to adjust his own strike when it's his turn. That is Thump's turn. It is your turn now, Tira. Naturally. <sighs> okay. And he, Thump, originally attacked just one guy and attempted to attack the captain. Correct. Given the threatening nature of the captain's words, Tira's going to rush straight in on him. Already in a bad mood because of the injury she took from the thorns. Dimitri's resistance before and and everything and then the clearly threatening nature of the captain's words and tear and seeing thump's ill success against him she's just really irritated by this guy's arrogance and we have to get this done flies into a rage pulls out the fancy axe and is going to recklessly attack it will give me advantage on this attack roll of course, then it attacks against me for the rest of this, or until my next turn, will also have advantage because I am heedlessly and rage-filled attacking. You're coming in flailing. I'm coming in flailing, hair flying. Okay, that's mod 20. That's a hit. Okay, that was almost really bad. Ooh, not bad. 18. 18 damage on that. And so that's, that was, I only get advantage on that first attack. So a second attack is just going to be a regular one. Yeah, 29. That's a hit. <laughs> Ooh, 19 a damage on the second one. That's quite a hit. And she is just heaving, eyes blazing. So it's to be like that, is it? We'll make this fun. Bring it on. He waves a hand back at the longboat and you hear a and there is an explosion that fills the chamber the swivel gun fires at you that's with advantage because of yep. your and it's the first attack only that gets this oh no for me it says your first attack on my turn gets advantage it doesn't say anything about it just says Attacks against you have advantage until my next turn. Okay, so every attack against you. Apparently so. Mm. So that's a 17 plus. Yeah. So when you do this, mm -hmm. you are, because you're in a rage, that makes it so that it's easier to hit you? The rage doesn't make it easier to hit me. The reckless attack does. Reckless I have, I'm giving up any, like, my Protection. awareness of my surroundings to just run in really crazy, which is why I have advantage on the roll. But because I'm attacking heedlessly, everybody else has advantage on me. I'm, I'm raging. 19 points of bludgeoning damage, and you get to have it. Okay, I thought you were going to say, that is the half. I was going to be like... So that's nine points nine. of damage. And you need to make a dexterity saving throw. Nope, it's four. Okay. Plus two. You are not prone. You land with a splash. So you have the effects of being prone, which means your only movement option is to crawl unless you choose to stand up, which ends the condition. That's going to take half of your movement for the round. You have disadvantage on attack rolls as long as you're prone. Okay. An attack roll against you has advantage if the attacker is within five feet of you. Well, otherwise, they already have advantage anyway. <laughs> otherwise, it's disadvantage. So you're prone for now. Okay. Meanwhile... The bad guys get their attack. The captain starts with a 24 On to me? hit. To oh, hit. Yeah. Uh, he's cut. Well, let's see. I'm going to see how many times he hits. Uh, that misses. 
He gets cocky on a second strike. And then a 21? Yeah. Okay. So two hits, one with his cutlass and one with a dagger. The cutlass is going to hit you for... This is the captain or one of the other guys? Captain. This is still the captain. Ooh, max damage. So that's going to be 16 of slashing. Which, In half. Okay. Yep. I'm giving you the full amount. Okay. And then the dagger is going to be... Oh, minimum damage. Seven points of damage. Uh, I'm sorry. Six points of damage. So you came out okay on that one. The two deckhands on either side of him are going to also attack you. Why would they attack anyone else? Because you ran in the middle of them. I know. Uh, 16? No. Uh, Natural 20. And, ooh, um, yeah, a 25. Yeah. So the natural 20 is going to hit. These are both dagger attacks, though, so it's, it could be worse. Just beat up on the midget day. <laughs> what, a, what a dumb day it is. Oh, so that's 10 points and 6 points. Meanwhile. Uh, <laughs> Meanwhile. Two of them rush over to uh, Thump and attack him. Uh, that one misses. I'm not rolling with advantage for that. two of the yeomen. Yeah, so the the two attack thump and miss, and then one charges at you, Womberbash, and swings at you and misses terribly. That's a two. I am the damage. And we're back to the top with Sekhmet. Okay. By the way, the three uh, men on the longboat are reloading the cannon. Mm. Okay. Um, Sekhmet is going to cast darkness and make the object of the darkness the cannon itself. Interesting. Very good. And that's effectively going to blind the long boatmen, which means that they they cannot see. They're going to automatically fail any ability checks that require sight as long as they remain within that uh, sphere. Attack rolls against them are going to be at disadvantage because they're in the darkness. If it's a ranged attack, any attack while they're in the darkness is going to be at disadvantage, but they are also attacking at disadvantage. Good. So that's a good call. Yeah. Yeah. So that's your action. That's my action. Um, I'm going to use my bonus action to dash across to kind of right behind the yeomen um, who are attacking Tira. So there's two of them, right? There's two and the captain. There's two and the captain. So I'm going to... And by the way, your mom is out on the I'm captain. On the captain. Yeah. yeah, that's why That's why I asked. Are you talking about the yeoman or is it the captain? So it's no, the yeoman. So, the, so I'm going to yeah. move from to behind them kind of in preparation. Okay. Because you're dashing, and I see that as a, as a non-stealthy action, would it make sense for you to drop out of your hiding to do that? Or would you prefer... Yeah, to, that's for something Okay, I, like, I, would, I would prefer to stay hidden. So do I... Do does I does that seem like a reasonable take on it? It does, okay. it does actually. Um, so do I have enough movement of 30 feet to be able to get to about where they are then? Um, what you can do is use your... What are the options? It's hide, dash, or... or disengage. Disengage. I'm, more, I'm already hidden and I'm, I will cast a spell, but I want to move in preparation for my next one. Um, I would say that you can... This is where not having a map hinders us. Mm-hmm. I would say your move can get you started to go around behind, but not all the way. 
I can't so, use my movement at the beginning of my next turn. Correct. Now. Okay, you can. well, yeah. then I will move in preparation and getting there then. Okay. That sounds good. So you've used your move, you've used your action, and uh, do you want to use your bonus action for anything? I can't really from okay. where I've got from That's where right now. Because sounds I'm... good. Okay. Uh, so that means it's the lair's turn, the cavern, where all this is taking place. Uh-huh. The pillar pulses under your feet. Oh. <laughs> Anyone in this cave that has a spell slot loses the highest available spell slot. Womberbash, you're going to lose seven side points. Okay. I lose one of my highest? Yes. The magic blasts across this chamber, and you're left reeling again, and everyone, including the bad guys, if they had spell slots, they're going to lose one also. There's no sound, but it feels as though you've just been deafened. That's it for the lair. Bash, it is your turn. Okay. Um, I'm going to spend seven side points... My wings fall off. Um, I'm going to put that into my Brute Strike. I can't use it this one, but it's for the next turn. Uh, Can you read the description of Brute Strike for me? Uh, As a bonus action, you gain a bonus to your next damage roll against a target you hit with a melee attack during that current turn. The bonus equals 1d6 per side point spent, Mm -hmm. and the bonus damage is the same type as the attack. If the attack has more than one damage type, you choose which one to use for that bonus damage. I know we've been playing it this way, and if you want to continue it this way, that's fine. The way the Paladin works with Smite is you roll to you roll for your attack first, and then because it's a bonus action to Smite, you can choose, if you hit, to go ahead and use Smite to imbue that particular hit. Yeah. All right. I'm like, I'm like, what in that description says you have to wait till your next turn to it's, use it? It says you gain the, the a bonus it, on your next damage roll. Yeah. So in other words, I'm not going to be doing it now. It's got to be for the next turn. The way we've played it traditionally, because it says on your next strike, right? Yeah, is that he casts it, and then the next time he hits, it takes effect. Which I think... Oh, it, so is that an action to cast that? No, it's no, a bonus action. it's a action. bonus action. So then why can't he just attack on that hand? That, that's his next hit. Is... I, I understand. So we can play it that way, but we've been playing it... I yeah. think we've been playing it this way. To me, that makes more sense. Okay, that's fine. Okay. Um, and then in the meanwhile, as my action, yes, I'm going to use um, Mind Thrust on the captain. Okay. He has to succeed on an intelligence saving throw. <laughs> oh, oh, great. I, so so, so the fir- if you notice, the first one I did, it was a wisdom. Yeah. Now this one's an intelligence. So I'm He's trying to see how about. strong it is. Right, yeah. right. 16? No. It oh. hits. Oh. <laughs> 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 All right. All right, so describe what this does. Yeah, so a- as an action, your target or creature has to, uh, within 120 feet of you, the target must succeed on intelligence saving throw or get 1d10 psychic damage, uh, and the, the talent's damage increases by 1d10 when you reach 5th, 11th, and 17th level. Uh, yeah, so, but, oh, describe it? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, after I saw what he did to Tira, I am no longer afraid. I am angry. Okay. And so I'm going to like just lean forward a little bit, like, like pushing my head more toward him and my eyebrow goes up and I just like flinch because I'm sending this mind thrust into his brain cavity. Okay, all right. Okay. And it hits, it takes effect yeah. for... Say. <laughs> Let's see, and I also add four to that. Hold on a second. Oh, because of your yeah, intense my psionic. psionic thing. My psionic resilience. Let's see. 28 points of damage. Ooh. <laughs> nice. I'll get you, boy. And, it's, and, and that, that mind thrust has a signature of exactly, he knows exactly who, who gave him that brain oh, yeah. cavity rattling. Yep. Love Womberbass. <laughs> <laughs> Love the smelly guy. 
He thrusts his beard out at you, and his eyes glimmer, and you need to make a charisma saving throw. That's my little... <laughs> oh, he knows. Purpose, dude. Knows. A char- I've never heard of a charisma saving throw. <laughs> 20, <gasps> snap. <gasps> okay. <laughs> that was the most unlikely thing you ever. Nat 20, baby. <laughs> okay, you this have is the to... first time he's ever had charisma yeah. in yeah. his life. You have to say something. Okay. What do you say? I said, I'll get you, boy. Your beard looks ugly. Oh, well... <laughs> Well, your mom's stupid. <laughs> Did you say something about my mom? If the target saves, this action cannot work against him for the rest of the day. Yes! So, All right. His terrifying aspect did not work on Wamberbash. Okay, not on Wamberbash. He's just angry. He's yeah. irritated at this point. All it's right. on. Is that the end of your turn? Yes. All right. It is Thump's turn. Thump grabs his sword with both hands, and he's going to swing it at the captain again. Natural 20. Hey! And he has Great Weapon Master. Oh boy. Which means that a crit allows a free melee attack as a bonus action. Mm-hmm. Nice. So he's going to go and roll his damage for that. Oh, that's pretty sad. <laughs> well, that's okay. Uh, he does eight points of damage on the sword strike and follows that up with a backswing using his bonus action attack. That's not quite as good. That's going to miss. He snorts, and he's going to swing two more times, Mm. all against the captain. He's going to miss the first one, but hit on the second one. Ooh, that's better. For 15 points of damage. (laughs) This is getting really good. Mm. The captain then raises his hand, and there's nothing from the longboat because the guys can't see him. So he yells, fire! And they're going to fire with disadvantage. (laughs) Please hit him. I rolled a 19 and a 20. (laughs) So that's obviously going to... They're they're aiming for his voice, I guess. But it's a toss-up between whether it's Thump or Tira or the captain. So do you want one, two, three, four, or five, six, Tira? Three, four. Thump will take five, six. So one or two is the captain. And they roll a one. Yes! Yes! The ball slams into his back, doing... (laughs) Wow. Oh, no, not not wow. (laughs) Eight points of damage. Yeah, I'll take it. (laughs) Not me, you idiots. Them! When you can say that after getting shot in the back, you're pretty strong, dude. He He also needs to make his dexterity saving throw or be knocked prone. He holds his footing and does not fall. Mm. Figures. It is Tira's turn. All right. None of us, we haven't rested from our last Correct. encounter. How much damage have you guys taken? Next to nothing. Next to nothing, you? Some. some, some a pretty good amount. A pretty good amount? About 20-ish. Oh. Hmm. Oh, that's right from the tree. <laughs> Do you? Come to me. Come back what? to me. I am yeah, no, attacking no, a dude. No, do what you need to do. I know you want to imbue my weapon. She's toe to toe. Yeah, I'm toe to toe. Okay, so I'll. Okay, I'll. Yeah, I'm not yet. Prone. Not yet. Yeah. That's good uh, to remind me because you were prone. That that would have yeah. been a disadvantage. So you better stand up first. Yeah. No, I am. I'm planning to. I just. I was. I'll, it's I'll for, save this for. It's easy for her to stand up. Though. She's short. Yeah. yeah. I'll save that for future stuff. In this stand second. up. Yeah. 
She's going to fix the captain with her steely gaze, plant her fist into the ground, and will use half my movement to get up so that I can face him. <laughs> I could do this all day. And is just going to whack right back at him with that fancy axe. Uh, 22. That's a hit. 12 points of damage. Remember when my damage used to seem really impressive, and then you guys all had these big magical effects that do like 40 points of damage? Uh, your like... damage is still pretty awesome. <laughs> and, you, and you don't have to worry about side points or spell slots. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I know. But see, now it's like, it's starting to feel really puny. I'm like, I can do 18. All right, and second. Oh, no. Oh, oh, it's a seven. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ah, ha, ha. no, okay, so um, 18. That is a miss. Okay. Uh, your swing comes toward him and he puts his hand on your hands and pushes the axe on by. Okay. Effectively avoiding the attack. Okay, so that was Tira's turn. She took both attacks. The eel closes his eyes and holds out his hand, palm down. The ground begins to shake underneath your feet. Water ripples around you and you feel a haze pass over your lower legs. There's a shimmer just above the surface of the pillar. You'll not take this one. And that's it for him. It is now the bad guy's turn. The captain is going to then. Did he do that as a reaction? He has what are called legendary actions. Oh boy. <laughs> and they, they come, he has three different legendary actions and they come after someone else's turn. Oh, lovely. When your opponent has the word legendary in their abilities. <laughs> uh, he's going to take a swing at Tira. You're back on your feet. I am. Mm -hmm. So that is going to be a 22 yes. with his cutlass. 12 points of damage. And a 21. Yep. 11 points of damage with so his... Six. Is it five or six? When you have something, an odd oh, number. Oh, you always round down. Okay, so five. That is it for his turn, uh, but the deckhands, uh, one of them spots you, Sekhmet, circling around, and so he disengages from Thump to come after you. Can he do that? I'm still hidden, aren't I? Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Um, right. So he does not see. Yeah. The two that were engaged with Thump continue to attack him. Uh, both of those miss. The two deckhands with the captain attack you, Tira. Miss and a 20. Yeah. And a 22. And pretty abysmal there. Okay, so the rapier. Uh, six points of damage on one attack and 12 on another. So Tira is getting bludgeoned. Yes. Here. I don't mind being you guys' damage sponge, but a little help. <laughs> Anyone want to jump in anytime here? And then Womberbash, your attacker. A 21? Yes. A 16? 16, no. Yeah, okay. So just the one hit for six points of damage. Okay. That's it for the bad guys. The ones on the boat are reloading. You can hear the they're arguing amongst themselves about, no, no, over here. <laughs> and they're, they're making a hash of it. Okay, that's it for the bad guys. Back to the top. It is Sekhmet's turn. You can complete your encircling maneuver this turn. Yes. The captain is in front of Tira, and yes. there are also two deckhands. Are they on the kind of the same side as one another, or are they kind of have her surrounded more or less? They're basically shoulder to shoulder. Okay, I'm going to move 
on the outside of the one that is the farthest away from the captain. Okay. okay. You can do that in 30 feet. Okay. And I am going to try to stab him with a short sword as best I can. 16 plus. Yeah, 16 plus. Seven. That is a hit, yeah. Yeah, so... And I'm going to do one D6 plus three with a short sword. That's a six. Plus, and are you using your sneak attack damage? Yes, I right? am. <laughs> and I'm going to use my 66. Excuse me. That is so wild. 6D6. <laughs> it's about to go up to. So I hit for nine piercing damage plus whatever this is going to be. It's not as many as I thought it was going to be. There's eight, and a two is ten. So that would be sixteen. So nine plus six. Twenty-five. 20, yeah. Twenty-five damage? So twenty-five. And I'm going to use my bonus action. I'm going to hide again. Okay. You somehow managed to hide. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how you do it. Maybe you're hiding behind the guy you just attacked. So you're screening yourself. Or maybe he's sinking back into shadow. Well, it depends on. The but he's he's in the water behind. He's in between the longboat mm-hmm. and the bad guys, and there's really so. I guess somehow you maybe duck down to your to your chin in the water. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's a piece of kelp. Yeah, it happens to be a larger piece of kelp. <laughs> okay, so just stand out, stab, and then go ahead and roll your stealth check. I'm going to roll mine. Ooh, that's going to be eighteen. Uh, I rolled a 17 and I get to add to that. So they're going to definitely see you. It's not a successful hide this time. However, as long as there are bad guys within five feet of an ally, you get sneak attack damage, if that's what you're worried about. Hmm. Okay. A large wave rolls through the cavern entrance and floods the floor to knee height. Anyone within 20 feet of the shore, which is all of you, moves as through difficult terrain for the duration of the turn, with the exception of the captain. (laughs) Because he's legendary. Difficult terrain means that you move, basically you're moving at half speed. Half speed. Yeah. Jeremy? I believe that that doesn't apply to me, if I am not mistaken. Um, Is this an area of effect spell? No, it's not a spell. It's a wave coming in. Okay, never mind. All right, so that's it for the lair. Bash, it's your turn. Okay, the guy that is attacking me, I'm yes. going to use my Panabas and hit him. 18 plus. That's a hit. Okay. Uh, my Panabas two-handed is 1d10. Is this your brute strike that you... Plus my brute strike stuff, which I need another six die, please. More six. And it's this plus four. Okay. So five, okay. 10, 16, 32 plus four which is 36 points of damage. You kill your opponent. (laughs) Hey! A resounding clap of thunder-like energy explodes through the cavern, and he goes sailing back into the water, and his body drops below the surface for a moment, and then bobs back up still. I would like to dash toward Tira. You can't dash because you used your action to attack. Oh, okay, you, you but can I can move. move. Yeah. So would that get me there? Uh, no, because of the water in this room. Stupid you can water. Get, you can get halfway to her. Okay, all right. I'm going to go toward there. Your next turn, you can finish the move. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Do you have anything else that you want to do this turn that you can do? Oh, I want to spend five points on my brute strike for the next turn. Okay, that's your bonus action. Yes. Okay. The captain yells, Fire! There's another explosion. This time do it right. <laughs> With disadvantage, 
The cannon goes off, and they are going to miss everybody. Okay. <laughs> the ball goes careening somewhere into the darkness. You hear a ting, 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 ting. And that's the end of that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it is Thump's turn. That worked. <laughs> that is dope. That's awesome, yeah. yeah. That is dope. Uh, Thank you for that. Yeah. No joke. Norse battle, dude. That, Norse that battle. helped immensely. I was not sure how this encounter was going to go with everything, but so far it's been manageable, except for Tira. I know. I'm like, except for me, who is down by more than half of my points. Oh. Okay. Uh, Thump's turn. Seeing Womberbash and Tira getting assaulted and everything going on, he howled. He doesn't howl, but a wave of almost palpable oh, scent comes off of him. Dinks. He smells like somebody oh. ripped it, it, it's, it's as though somebody lit a match and I mean, it's it's just a heavy what sulfurous smell. Yeah, yeah. Let's imagine. Uh, he is going to take all three attacks. Ooh, a natural twenty. Hey, oh. get it, thump. Get a it. Twenty-one on his opponents. The two is going to miss. Uh, so the the twenty is going to do critical damage, right? Yep. yep. That's ten plus four. That's eighteen plus the second attack. His backstroke is going to do another 10. And then he's going to action surge, which means he gets another action. Uh, he is going to reach to his surcoat. Oh, yeah. It's almost as though his eyes are not paying attention. He, he just reaches up, takes one of the stars, and you hear a ripping sound. And as he holds it in his hand, it begins to glimmer. And seven darts swirl up around his head. And then they shoot into his opponent. So he's a coat that gives him what? What? Bolt? <laughs> magic, magic missile. missile. Magic missile coat. Which hits all the time. Ma- well, magic missile hits regardless. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's one exception. Oh, really? If you cast the spell shield oh, as, okay. as a reaction, okay. you can do that. But he's going to use seven points or seven darts against this opponent. And that's uh, three... Help me keep track here. Another three. That's six. Plus another three. Nine. Plus four. Plus two. Plus two. Seventeen. Plus five. Twenty-two. Great. Fantastico. This guy gets blasted backward into the water. And he is dead. Yes! Okay. So that is it for Thump. Never gotten to use an action surge before. That was kind of fun. Yeah, that's dope. Let's see that more often. So that's it for him. The star dissipates from his hand mm. and crumbles into ash that drifts away. That's it for it's Thump's gosh. turn. The captain is going to now use terrifying aspect on Tira. He thrusts his beard at you and the, the fizzing fuses burning under his hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to make a charisma saving throw. Does she have any charisma? It's higher than Thump's, yeah. But he rolled a 20, so he... Uh, yeah, I know. This is not going to happen, but we'll yeah. see. Mm, probably no. Uh, eight. Um, with your rage, what is, uh, read your rage description. Let's see. On your turn, you can enter a rage's bonus action. While raging, you gain the following benefits if you aren't wearing any heavy army, which I'm not. You have advantage on strength checks and strength saving throws, which this was not. Okay. When you make a melee weapon attack using strength, whatever that means, yeah. you gain a bonus to the damage. That's my plus three. Yeah, not, by, not worried by about the table. That. that doesn't apply. Yeah, it doesn't apply. And you have resistance to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing. If you are able to cast spells, which I'm not, 
You can't cast them while you're raging. Your rage lasts for one minute. It ends early if you're knocked unconscious or if your turn ends and you haven't attacked a hostile creature. Okay. Uh, so you are frightened. Great. A frightened creature has disadvantage on ability checks and attack rolls while the source of its fear is within line of sight. And you cannot willingly move closer to the source of your fear. Now, you can stay put and still attack. You'll just be doing it at disadvantage. And you will continue to make checks on each of your ensuing turns until... I break it. Yeah. All right. So that is it for his legendary action. Thump has already gone. Tira, it's your turn. I have a question about Ancestral Protector. Yeah. So right now, it is on the captain, who has basically only been attacking me, so Mm -hmm. it's useless. If I just attack somebody else, well, then she move on to that person. I mean, I'm basically disengaging from the captain, because it doesn't really say... Yeah, it doesn't. Um, While you're raging, the first creature you hit with an attack on your turn becomes the target of the warriors, which hinder its attack. Until the start of your next turn, that target has disadvantage on any attack roll that isn't against you. And when the target hits a creature rather than you as an attack, that creature has resistance to the damage. So it sounds like this is a like a round-by-round round thing. We've yeah. been treating it like it just is effective for the length of the fight. But it sounds like it's only until my next turn that that creature has disadvantage on ah, other Ah, that's true. We have people. been treating, treating it like that. But that's okay. If you want to shift by attacking someone else, yeah. then your mother will shift to your current target. Right. Yeah, okay. The, of course, the downside is I assume that that's going to provoke an attack of opportunity from the captain on me. You have three guys. You have two deckhands and the captain all right there attacking Okay. You. So it doesn't count as me switching my attention from him necessarily. Correct. Okay. Okay, so that that actually fits well here since Tira has been made afraid of the captain without really understanding why, because I guess guess this was a wordless effect. Yeah. She kind of instinctively shrinks back from him, but still raging is going to just turn to the next person closest. 17. That is just a hit. Okay. Uh, So that's going to be... 17 points of damage on that hit. And so now uh, my mother's out on him. But she's going to go again. 18 plus, so hit. 29. And 18 points of damage. Sweet. There. Okay. The captain attacks. He's going to continue to attack you. Uh, that's going to be a miss. A 19. Yep. And that's going to hit two. Or eight points of damage on the first one. Seven points of damage on the second one. The two deckhands, uh, one of them is looking very nervous because you've pummeled him pretty well. A one and a two. So the one is going to lead to... He's just going to drop his weapon into the water. And so he's, he's going to spend his turn fishing around. So he's okay. right off the bat, he's dropping his weapon. Uh, and then the second one, uh, 18. Mm-hmm. And the other one's going to miss. Eight points of damage there. So that was the two deckhands and the captain. Thumps attackers. They're going to hit him uh, with a crit, but not a great one. Eight <laughs> points of damage on thump. That's the first damage he's taken, I think. Hmm. Must be nice. I'm spread running the, out of spread the paint around. <laughs> I'm running out of room to record my damage. <laughs> <laughs> Can somebody please do something? <laughs> and uh, that's also not great. But all right. Okay. 
Thump's attackers, and now Bash, your attacker is dead. That's it for the bad guys. Uh, the, the three on deck are reloading. And so... <laughs> it's Sekhmet now, right? Yep. Yeah. It's back to the top, Sekhmet. Okay. Um, you said there's one that was fishing for his... Mm. Is he the one closest to me or not? He is. Okay, so he's but but he took his attention off of me to look for his yeah, and he's within five feet of Tira. Yeah, he's within five feet of Tira. Double sneak attack damage. That's right. <laughs> um, well, I'm thing. gonna see if I can. I'm gonna get up and attack this guy. I mean, he's not paying attention. He's paying attention to the water. I will yeah. say he's oh, go go ahead. Sixteen plus. Okay, because he's so distracted, I'll say that you get advantage on the attack. Ooh, so you might get a twenty. So yeah. do it again. Yeah, mm-hmm. just see if you get the twenty. Yes, he does. <laughs> Yes! Oh, <laughs> okay. So double the damage dice and then all of the extra stuff. Yep. So, well, that was special. So, <laughs> it's still double. Hey. Well, I don't know. Double so, double. five and three is eight. Keep track of these guys. Oh, okay. So, eight plus eight? these. Wow. Whoa. Those are, those those are some big numbers. Back. 18, 22, and I don't know what this guy is right here. It's it's five. So 27. 27. So 27 points of damage plus the, the, plus eight. the eight. Yeah, you basically behead the guy as he's leaning. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna use he what? says, don't bother looking. <laughs> and then and I'm going to also roll the hide. I'm going to stab Never him. Never mind. Meanwhile, Tira's eyeball is hanging out. <laughs> If I, had any, if I had anything to help, I'm trying to kill the people who are hurting you. Okay. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> oh, wait. No, it's a 10, so it's an 18. Well, the guy, the guy who stabbed is dead. Natural 20. So, but you're hiding. You're not just hiding from him. You're hiding from you're all everybody. All the bad guys. Yeah. Nice try. Is there anything else you want to do? Can do? No, my, my bonus action failed. Okay. And I'm not going to move anywhere. All right. The lair action... A stalactite falls from the ceiling, oh boy. detaches, and comes tumbling down on a random target. So I have one, That's two, three. <laughs> I have the longboat, and then t- <laughs> Tira, Bash, Thump, Sechmet. So I've got eight, eight-sided die. And I'm just going to go one, two, three, and then the rest are mine. Eight. It's going to hit the longboat. Yes! The longboat, it. it just goes right through the hull of the longboat, and immediately it begins to sink. It's not going to sink far. It's only like five right. feet of water. But, but it's not. it can't escape. And the powder's all wet. Yeah. So that is rendered ineffective. Nice. Uh, you all took that element right out of the fight. All right, next is Bash. I'm going to run as fast as I can through this water over to slosh Tira. rapidly. Yeah. And I'm going to uh, put my hand on her back, and I'm going to invoke psionic mastery. Beginning at 11th level, you, uh, you master the psionic levels, allowing you to push your mind beyond its normal limits. As an action, you gain nine special points that you can use only on disciplines that require actions or bonus actions. You can use all nine points on one discipline, or you can spread them across multiple disciplines. You can't also include additional normal psi points. It's just the nine points. And, um, Yeah. I'm going to do a um, mend wounds. Okay. And then once you use this feature, you can't use it again until you finish a long rest. Okay. So as I touch her, I am going to now use mend wounds. 
As an action, you spend side points to restore hit points to one creature you touch. The creature gains 1d8 hit points per side point you spend. So, nine d8. All right, I only have two, so you guys have to donate. Yeah, I can get him without using rats. Yeah, that'd be great. Go away from me. Give me your cursed dice. Those are nine. Three, six, nine. Okay, here we go. Yes. Okay, 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 okay. All right. So 10, 30, 44. Ah. <laughs> yes. Excellent. Thank you for that. Guys, I was down to, what was I down to? Not I was in the 60s. Hang on. Uh, that's probably going to be it for your turn. I, I think that's going to be like. Yeah, that everything. was a lot. So I was down to 69. Wait I a second. Wait a second. I got bonus action. Do a bonus action, man. You used your action. Yeah, you can't just your arbitrarily say you fried. can't do more than that. <laughs> Your brain is smoking. Actually, yeah, maybe a little hey, bit. Hey, so how does my brown bag work? <laughs> is that a bonus action? Uh, no, that's an action. Okay, then I'll wait later. I'll wait till later. <laughs> I can't believe you remembered. <laughs> Do you have any bonus actions that are worth, worth doing? Uh, no, no, no. The captain is going to stare at you, Sehmet. He, he looks over his shoulder, his fierce bristling beard. Charisma check. <laughs> You're adorable, sir. <laughs> Do I, get, do I get proficiency on that one? Is it blocked in? Ouch. No, it's not. So I okay, don't get that. So but just I, your regular bonus. Was it 20, 21 or something? So 21. Okay. Barely, but yeah. All right. Uh, that is it for <laughs> his legendary action. <laughs> Thump is going to use menacing attack on his first Ooh. strike. He is going to... Menacing attack is brutal. Roll to attack. That's a 19 plus. That's going to hit. Mm-hmm. You can expend one superiority die, which is a d10 for him at this level. The target must make a wisdom saving throw. Good grief, this is involved. <laughs> That's going to fail. This All is right. against the captain. On a failed save, it is frightened of Thump until the end of his next turn. Mm-hmm. So the captain... <laughs> the captain... <laughs> Side-eyes the... <laughs> Something about Thump towering over him yeah, causes the captain to take a step back into the water. Uh, he avoids looking at Thump, but he says, This is going to cost you. And he smiles. We're going to pause here in the action. And we're going to pick up next time for our actual season finale. <laughs> actual climactic battle. The, the conclusion of the climactic That's right. battle. So uh, let's get your thoughts. I know we're stopping midstream, so we're not going to assign experience points right, yet. Right, right. But so far, so far, interesting. Yeah. So far, good. Yeah. Okay. I got some things in store. I know. I'm just waiting for the captain. <laughs> it's time for Captain Crunch. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it it kind of. I mean, I get it, and it's fine. But it kind of stinks that I'm the one taking all the damage because I was like, I'm going to remember to use my spirit shield, but that's for you guys. <laughs> That's me helping my comrades who are not taking any damage whatsoever. They are. But like comparatively. Yeah, not, you know, not no, as you much. were tanking. You were, yeah, you I were was being tanking. Tank. tanking. He was hard. like, I haven't taken anything. He's like, eh, 20 points. I'm like. That was from the tree from outside. Yeah. I mean, so it's like he hadn't yeah. gotten anything. Yet. I'm like, well, it's not really helpful. Thanks to your healing. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I'm back in it. I was down to 69. Not near death, but I mean like. No, but yeah, I was looking at your was, countdown. Uh, I, I was like, I, was I need like, to hurry up. Can I dash over there? I real was quick? down <laughs> almost a hundred points. Slosh, slosh. As he dives the last fifteen yeah. feet. Yeah. Sliding into first. <laughs> ding. Sliding into home, yeah. I I was down nearly a hundred points. 
You hit. You know. You took a lot of damage. We yeah. So you. I'm back up. Uh, I'm back up to 113. Okay. Well, I'll be taking that next time. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Grief. And so join us again next time, stackers, as we finish this exciting fight, and we'll see you here again at our table then, right here at Stack of Dice. It's like all these movies, but we like the finale, part one. Yeah, I know. Now we have to remember part one. So that fits well now because yeah. I have now been made afraid of the captain. Yeah. So Tira. So is your mom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh,